Hello there and a very warm welcome to Des's Island Discs. In a hectic world, this is a little oasis of calm and nostalgia from our guests who choose pieces of music that remind them of a particular time or story from their life or career. Now, if you're listening on podcast, we cannot play the music because of copyright laws. But really, this is about stories. So let's hear them. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. Today's visitor to the island is one of Ireland's most popular sportsmen, an Irish rugby international out half, also an outstanding soccer player who enjoyed success with Limerick, and of course a member of the Munster rugby team that beat the All Blacks in 1978. It's a pleasure to welcome Tony Ward. And Tony, that victory over the All Blacks is just part of your DNA now. It will always be mentioned. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess on the back of the fact that obviously Ireland's record at international level against uh, New Zealand for so long uh, meant that God it was only 90, 2016 wasn't it mm-hmm. in Chicago I was lucky enough to be at that game so yeah we certainly uh, we lived out in it for very many years yeah. I can assure you and there's yeah. a touch of the GPO about it in that the number of people who claimed they were at it as well I'm sure you, yeah. you get that all the time do you? I do yeah it's it's um, it's nice but yeah it was great to be part of that we're still part of a WhatsApp group uh, oh, yeah. The, yeah no we keep in touch we've lost three days we've lost um, Mickey Sullivan who was one of the subs died tragically long, young and since that we've lost Massey Keane mm. and Colm Tucker you know great lads mm. so the rest are hale and hearty 42 and years on and we all keep in touch so yeah yeah no, we're, we're a close yeah. close group in that respect of course Thoman Park now is this magnificent stadium beautiful stadium but back then it was rough enough wasn't it <laughs> like, it was still special yeah of course yeah, it was honestly, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, like I'm from a working class background in Dublin from Harold's Cross and I'm very proud of my roots and uh, and I was lucky I, I went to a rugby playing school because my mum worked particularly hard she had two jobs and she worked really hard to send me to give me opportunities that I wouldn't have had otherwise but when I went to Limerick I could immediately identify with rugby down there and rugby in Dublin back then It's changing slowly, but back then in in Dublin, it was very elitist. Uh, When you went to Limerick, it was anything but. And it won me over hook, line and sinker because I was playing soccer when I was a part-time pro at Rovers when I went to Limerick in the early 70s. And I have to say, an opportunity came up with Gary Owen and it was just the way the game was down there. Docker or doctor, as they say. And it was very much that. And that appealed to me. I didn't really... I know you're a, you've are you been a Leeds United fanatic all the years I've known you, but you were born in Leeds. I didn't know that. Yeah, No, I was actually born in... Dublin, but right. immediately we went to Leeds because my dad was English, my mum was Irish. So we lived in Leeds until I was uh, six. And that corresponded with when Leeds were becoming a real uh, serious power in English football at that stage. They'd been promoted from the second division to the first division. The cup final 64-65 was when I began to identify with it. Would have been 10. But yeah, my dad died uh, when I was six. And um, again, tragically young. And my mum and I came back to Dublin and we lived with her family in Harl's Cross, yeah. in Prior Road in Harl's Cross. And I had the most happy upbringing, I have to say. I loved the area. I loved everything about my childhood there. And then going to Limerick, that was to be a PE teacher. Uh, which I always wanted to be. When I say always, you know, when you begin to think about what you'd like to do with your life when you're in about, I don't know, I suppose about third, fourth year in school. And that was the ambition. But back then, you could really only go to the UK to um, Strawberry, Strawberry Hill, Hill was the main yeah, one, yeah, or St. Luke's and Exeter. There were a few of them over there. But just at that time, the NCPE was coming into being, the National College of Physical Education. 
And when I went there, Des, obviously it was a different time. Uh, yes, the academic side was important, but certainly nowhere near as important as it became where you yeah. had the number of points uh, you had to get. So you had seriously talented sportsmen back then. Like in, in Gaelic football and hurling, Gaelic football in particular, we had an all-stars team back there. The, the, the personalities... All stars in your era, were, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And Brian uh, Mullins, oh, you named them. When I went in, there was bland. Mullins and Fran Ryder, you Jimmy Deanahan, Ogie Morn was there at the time, Brian Talty, Pat Spillane, Mick Spillane was in my class, Jimmy Dunn. You never played GA, would you have liked to? I would love to have played. And something I'm very envious of kids today, it was the educational system, the way it was back in my time, where if you went to certain schools in Dublin, you got a chance to play rugby. You play, everyone, if you wanted to, could play soccer outside. Not many did. I did because I was brought up and, and I loved yeah. soccer. Was my Soccer was my game when I was young. But I never got the chance to play GAA. And I do resent that because I'd love to have had the opportunity. I love the game. Always have. And the gas thing, Des, is it always went along. I used to go to the Nally stand because you could get in there cheap as a student yes. over all the years. Yeah. And I used to go to that. And I find it even to this day when I'm seeing there, guys come say, what are you doing here? Yeah. Like I've been going to Croker since I was a kid. Your, your first musical choice. My first choice is, again, it relates back to my childhood. It, it, it's a, a song called Desiderata, and it's it's had a very special place in my life because, and I'm not being overly philosophical here or uh, overly religious, if I can use that term, but it's just the words are so meaningful. I brought the words along with me here, but it was written by a guy called Max Ehrman back in the early 20s. I think it was the late, it was around 1927 when it first came into the public domain. And just the words are so meaningful, go placidly amid the noise and and haste mm. uh, and just captures for me what life should be all about and that is telling you the things that how you should try and be nice to yourself not expect too much of yourself strive to be better but be happy with what you get it's a chord that struck with me back when I was a kid and they're the values that I've tried to inculcate into my own kids and I, I've succeeded largely and we have it all over the house and I've it in my bedroom and everywhere like that actually I wasn't great for the old homework test now I have to be honest because sport was playing football all the time, yeah, yeah. my life but when I'd be uh, studying in the evening on the old singer machine as we used to have back there singer sewing machine and I have this Buckety old transistor that you could barely hear Radio Luxembourg 208. Uh, it used to fade in and out, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. They'd come and go. Yeah, yeah. But you'd always hope that every hour on the hour, you just get it for a few minutes clear and they'd play the power play, as it used to be called back then. And the power play, I remember, for a few, over a few months one time, was um, it was meant to be for a week, but it was so popular, was Les Crane singing Desiderata. Didn't take a lot to stop me studying, I can right. assure you. But when it came on, I stopped. It's interesting, even the line about amid the noise and the haze. Even now, life has changed so much more with social media and kids on phones all the time. The noise and haze is, is so much greater again, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, there, there's three lines in particular. If I can just, just read them, out, they come on to it in it. Um, and these are the three that I've always picked out for my own kids. It's, if you compare yourself with others, you may become vain and bitter. For always there will be greater and lesser people than yourself. How true is that? Like, whether the people be richer, poorer, more talented in whatever area, whether it's sport, whether it's 
music or anything, but we all have talents. And that's the point, to appreciate what others have, to aspire to be better, but to appreciate what God-given talent you have. And I think that's a very important value by which to live life. And I really believe that. As not just a Johnny-come-lately thing, I felt that all through my life from the days that I used to sit by that singer sewing machine listening to that wonderful piece of music. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. That's Les Crane, the choice of today's guest, Tony Ward. So, Tony, Rugby International and great success as a soccer player as well with Limerick. I mean, you were, you were such a talented soccer player as well. You're really kind to say that, yeah. Des, but probably rugby took over my life. But there's no question when I was a kid, soccer was my game. I, I just loved it. They did an awful job in school getting me to play rugby in my early years there because I went to Mary's from... Uh, junior school I would have been there from six seven years of age right through until I left when I was 18 but it was the era it was the the 60s it was Leeds United it was Kenneth Wollstonehome it was match of the day coming into our homes big match two on Sundays it was England winning the World Cup it was all those things and and Georgie Best like star superstars arrived yeah I used to I played for a club called Rangers in Bushy Park Mm. back then and we were very good we were the best club in South Dublin and Kevin's and Home Farm would be the top clubs on the north side back then. But we used to go over every Easter uh, on a tour uh, where you'd play a few games in Southport, Blackpool, around that area. But the whole reason you went over, yes, to play the games, but you got an opportunity on Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Easter Monday to go to Anfield, Old Trafford, Hague Avenue where Southport played, where Deepdale, where Preston, where, you know, all those grounds in that area. I remember going to see Georgie Best play and I remember the chant was E for B and Georgie Best, egg for breakfast and Georgie Best and the Stratford end. And I'm, I'm, I'm like you, Des. I'm a total ABUer. You're a hammer. I'm, I'm in Leeds to the core. Uh, but God, to be then and to hear the United fans singing Georgie's name. What did that chant mean? Just it was an ad that used to be on the radio on the TV back then. He did then. a bacon ad egg for breakfast. Was it? You know, yeah. and it was egg for breakfast and Georgie Best. And they used to chant it all the time, and it was just. And he was just. He was so gifted. Yeah. The way he could twist and turn and really turn it on, and he was he was special. But you had success. I mean, that you you were part of Limerick's greatest team. Yeah, no, and we had a very good schoolboy team. So I, I, I set myself certain goals. And back then, you could only play on one. Now there are so many Ireland teams at so many different age levels. Back then, you could either play under fifteen at schoolboy or under eighteen at youth. So I set myself a target, uh, and it was difficult because a lot of kids went away to English clubs at under fourteen, under fifteen. Whereas I didn't, I stayed home. My mum wouldn't let me go. I, I got invited for trials with Arsenal and Man U. Uh, Billy Bean was the scout with uh, Man U and Bill Darby was the scout with Arsenal. So I was meant to go over with Liam Brady and uh, Frank Stapleton and Oi. David O'Leary that, that, that time. And a few of our Rangers players went over there on trial. Um, but do, you, I, I, do you have any pangs of regret about not going? Yeah, I do. I, I look she wouldn't let me go my mum because I was doing my intermediate at the time and she saw that as being more important Uh, I didn't get that and I did resent it I'm not Mm -hmm. going to pretend otherwise but look I accepted that's the way it was but I set myself a target of making the Ireland schoolboy team and I managed to get on it in fact one of my boasts is we played we played Northern Ireland in Shamrock Park in Portadown, just as the troubles were beginning. Liam was on. Liam was 10 and I was 11. I used to play 11 and 7. Mm. 
yeah. wing to wing. And uh, after that game, we drew two all and did really well. But for some reason, the selectors, I remember Tony O'Connell, just playing the wing yeah. for Bose, was manager at the time. And Liam was dropped after that. So, like, I was actually on a team that, you know, I was picked again, but <laughs> Liam Brady was dropped. Would we Amazingly. know anyone else who's on that team? Donald Murphy, who was a really close yeah. friend of mine, I don't even remember. He would have played for Ireland and played yeah. for Coventry. And, City, yeah, yeah Donald's living down in Kerry now. Is he? Uh, yeah, he is, yeah. Uh, Donald was on that team and he was a cracking player. Um, there were other guys who went over, but they and they they but they didn't quite. Right behind us, when I was in Rangers, there was Pat Byrne, Jerry Ryan, yeah. Kevin Moran. They were all on the team immediately behind me with Don Gibbons ahead obviously so there were a lot of but, t- but, but does that not make you realise that maybe your mother was right I mean you could have made it but the guys who didn't make it and going to yeah. England it's a, it's a traumatic thing if you don't make it in England and come back absolutely but you don't yeah. see that Des when you're that age 50, you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, so I, I couldn't understand it but yes in retrospect and obviously getting into the PE college because you asked me uh, when, I Limerick, went, yeah. when I went there I was playing with Rovers at the time and that was I, I, I'm a hoop I'm a Southsider proud of it make no bones about it you can have the north side the west side I am a proud Southsider and I, I found it hard I'll be honest with you to go with the hoops when they went to Santry and Talca they Park went to and Talca and everywhere else Tala I can take obviously I'm delighted they're back again I've only been there a few times I wish I was there a little bit more and I will be um, but I was a hoop I was brought up on the hoops and the great teams of the 60s like to go to Milltown and to hear uh, Sean Carroll on the PA call out Smith, Kill, Courtney Mulligan, Nolan Fulham O'Neill and it just went on <laughs> these were our heroes and they were Des yeah. because football back then was superb League of Ireland football the standard was massive and big crowds and, and huge atmosphere. crowds yeah. every week difficult to get in Occasionally, I managed to get to somewhere like Waterford or Dundalk for a game. Went to all the Dublin games, naturally, because yeah. they were nearby. But that was that was my ambition. So when Louis Kilcoyne approached me, because I had to make a decision when I left school whether I was going to play rugby or soccer. Sorry, yeah. And once Louis Kilcoyne came after me, Rasher Tui, Liam Tui was manager. So when Rasher and Louis met me to sign, it was a no-brainer. I was going to Rovers. wasn't crazy about part-time pro football, if I'm honest. It was a bit of a poison in the dressing room. Um, and why, then when I went why, to, why would there have been? Players were talking about... I was only a kid now, granted. You know, 18, 19 mm. years of age. And I got into the first-team squad pretty, pretty quick. Um, but they were talking about, for example, Tommy McConville was playing for us. Tommy's a great player. He was Dundalk. Yes. He and they were talking about, well, Tommy was earning so much and why aren't we earning that? And and it's all very well to say it's a pittance, but in relative terms, I suppose it would have been a lot yeah, of money sure. back then. And I found that hard and it didn't help morale. And then when I went to Limerick, and I remember I played my first game, Des, for Gary Owen. It was, uh, I had a sudden rise down there. I was in first year in college. They had no out half. Johnny Maroney had got injured and had finished his career. So they approached me to play. I remember my first game was on a Saturday in Lansdowne Road. And it was um, Gary Owen against Wanderers. And uh, the night before, and this is true, just shows you how fit you are back in those days. I'm I with Rovers. I played for Rovers on the Friday night, 90 minutes against Home Farm in Talca. Home Farm was playing Tolkien yeah. those days. Uh, I remember Joe Keeley kicking lumps out of me. That'd be Dermot's yeah, brother. brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Joe could give yeah. you the verbals too, <laughs> I can assure you. <laughs> but And then the following day, like less than 24 hours later, and I was running out my first ever senior game for Gary Owen against Wanderers. We won the game in, uh, in Lansdowne. But it was after that game, and we were in Wanderers, and we had a brilliant scrum half with Gary Owen. Liam Hall was playing that day. And uh, Hawley was a great entertainer. 
he went to Black Rock actually, even though he was Limerick. He, yeah. he was a boarder there in his time. But Hawley was up on the table afterwards singing, Any dream will do, a road you. And if you can think of the contrast there, where you're listening. Spirit and morale, you mean? Yeah. 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 Between what I was listening to, and I love Milton, like to yeah. be with Billy Lord. Billy Lord was one of my heroes. Like Billy was the trainer, as you know, yeah. running out with the fag in the, the physio, mouth. as would, they'd be called now. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But what a knowledge he had of sport. To be in there for treatment whether he had an injury like you'd make up an injury just to listen to Billy and the knowledge that he had but to, you know th- that was huge to me back, back, back yeah. then to play for Rovers and to have that opportunity and yet I had to make a decision and I went with Gary Owen and like within a year I was on the Munster team when I was in third year in college I was on the Ireland B team which is the Ireland A team as they call mm-hmm. it now and then in my final year I was on the Ireland team so it was a very quick rise to fame sure. so to speak well, it wasn't know? a bad decision yeah. your second musical choice uh, I played it earlier Disturbed and Sound of Silence again we come back to lyrics because I could pick a million different songs Des. I, I was a real rockhead when I was a kid I loved Mountain Black Sabbath Pink Floyd you name them all like I, I, I just I loved all music I loved guitar solos um, but I, I also love lyrics and from that era like even songwriting, Neil Young, Cat Stevens, but Simon and Garfunkel, their music lives on forever. It's as popular with today's generation as it was with ours. Like even the words, the sound of silence, mm-hmm. the name in itself, the sound of silence. Mm-hmm. Like um, I remember going on a ski trip and I was teaching in St Andrews one year and uh, I remember going up and, you know, when you get up the top and there's that silence of just snow and it's a sound of silence. Yeah. And again, I don't want to sound overly oh, trite, but it was just the words of that song, like people talking without speaking, people hearing without listening, people writing songs that voice has never heard. And then you come to Disturbed. That brings the rock bit into it. Now, they're rock, rock, rock over the top rock for me because it's different type of rock music. But for a voice that has the passion to deliver that song even better than Simon and Garfunkel did back in the day. This is it. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. That's the sound of silence by Disturbed, the choice of today's guest, Tony Ward. You had the soccer, you had the rugby. You would have liked to have been a GA player. We know you as the journalist and broadcaster as well as the sports star, but you were a teacher as well. Was that rewarding for you? Well, I, I, I was saying earlier, Des, we do things in life that... Um, you know, or, or when you talk to somebody and they say to you, would I do anything different for life? No, I'll do everything the same, wouldn't change anything. Yeah. And I'm anything but that. I've made a lot of mistakes in a lot of areas, personal as well, in my life. And the, fir- the first to, uh, to hold my, my hands up and, and admit that teaching was something that I always wanted to be. And then when I got the opportunity, me coming out of college and graduating from NCP corresponded with my rise to fame, for want of a better word, yeah. as a rugby player. So there were opportunities all over the place. And one of them was when I qualified, I went back to my old school, St. Mary's, where, where my memories were nothing but the best. So much so, Des, that because I was a year young, that when I was in my final year in Mary's, uh, I was underage for the senior team to do an extra year. So, uh, Maria, I managed to go back to study for the Leaving Cert again. And I was captain of the of the Mary's team in that, that final year. We had a brilliant team. But anyway, be that as it may, I had the opportunity to go back and teach there. Father Darcy, a great mentor of mine, invited me back. But Gary Owen w- were trying to get me back to Limerick. And 
I have to say my grow for Limerick to this day is huge. Like Limerick winning the All-Ireland two years ago, just heaven, yeah. <laughs> you know, because they'd won it before I went to Limerick the previous time, as you know. It was a long yeah, yeah, outbreak yeah, yeah. just before it arrived. Uh, so, so Limerick, I, I'm an honorary Limerick citizen. I'm so proud of it, Des, and forgive me throwing that in. But Limerick to me is just, it's my second home and uh, just the people are so good to me. So I, w- I went back to Limerick and um, I had to make a decision then to give up teaching to go into business and I had to clear my business. Um, but you make decisions at a given point in time and you think they're the right but in retrospect it wasn't so it was to be another 10 years before I went back into teaching I went back into uh, St Andrews College here in Dublin and uh, I have to say I had the the happiest 12 years teaching and 17 years coaching before I went into journalism full time Well, you've you've had a wonderful life you've had a such a a mixed life and and a life envied by so many with your sporting talent etc your final musical choice Tony Ward a lovely song yeah, whenever I'm down this, there was a musical in the 60s called Hair. And I think, I can't remember, I think I've this right. If I remember rightly, it was one of those musicals that was way out of its time because I think there was nudity or something in that. In it. Now, that is nothing, I can assure you, to do it. But there's a song in it by Oliver called Good Morning Starshine. And whenever I'm down, this is my trigger. I just play this music. It has a vibrancy and energy that takes me back to the flower power days, to the days of peace and love and everything like that. And it takes me away from whatever is worrying me. And that's a pretty good place to be. So uh, Oliver and Starshine to me will always be my song. A lovely way to finish. Tony Ward, thank you so much for chatting with us. Pleasure, Des. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1.